Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. I've been doing this for a long time, and uh, over two decades, almost 23 years of uh, vocational ministry, and I have found that the Christmas season is a ton of joy and ton of laughter and a lot of fun, kids, and Christmas gets better when you have kids, I promise you that, except for you, like um, my parents and and Brandy's parents, they couldn't care less about us anymore, Uh, they only, I think they only kept us around so we would have kids, and so now they just walk into our house and they don't say hi to me, they don't care that I'm there, they don't care that I paid for this whole thing, it's all about my kids, are you with me on that everybody, so... Uh, I think grandparent, uh, this is just special, it's just a special season, but I also know that I've done this long enough to know that behind that sort of Christmas facade and the Christmas smile and the Christmas, you know, that there's a lot of hurt. Uh, More people, I told you this, more people, uh, uh, there's more suicide in America between Thanksgiving and New Year's than any other time in the year. There is more antidepressants prescribed from, uh, uh, during the Christmas season than any other time in the year. I recently read that 8 out of 10 adolescents claim that 2023 has been an, a year full of anxiety for them. Adolescents. I'm talking about kids. I don't think I had anxiety as a kid. If I did, I didn't even know what it was called. You know what I mean? Or if I did, my mama spanked it out of me. You know, like I, I don't know if, I don't, I don't even, but our kids are anxious and there's tension and, and it's tough. And, and I know that family, I read, I read in preparation for this message, I read a quote that I so agree with that Christmas... Uh, doesn't create issues, but it elevates them, right? So uh, much like a crisis, uh, it doesn't create anything. It doesn't have the power to create it on its own, but it does sort of bring to the surface. You know what I mean? So in other words, if you got problems in your marriage, the holidays bring that stuff to the surface. If there's issues in your family, it brings that stuff to the surface. If there's issues with your children, it brings that stuff to the surface, if there's issues around the dinner table, if there's loss, if there's pain, if there's problem financially, if there's issues in your business, the holidays accentuate what's already going on in your life. Are you there? So I wanted to help you today, and I want to preach to you about peace today. Uh, if you ask people what they wanted in their lives right now, everybody would have something different to say. If I, if I ask you, you know, what would solve all your problems, what would help you, what would you need most right now? Everybody has an answer. You know, a lot of people would say money. Um, you know, money would solve a lot of my problems. And I got to be honest with you, money does solve a lot of problems. Matter of fact, the Bible says it like this: that money answers all things. That's what this book says. It says money answers all. It solves a whole bunch of problems, everybody. But how many of you know when you when you answer those problems, sometimes it opens up ten more problems you didn't know you could get. Anybody know what I mean? And we look back over our lives sometimes, Brandy and I, we think, how did we live on that kind of salary? And how did we make it in that? And then we realize, man, that was simple. I'd love to try to, you know, that it was just a simpler life. And it doesn't answer all the problems. It's not bad. It'll save you some time, but it won't make you happy. Money does not make you happy. Somebody asked me one time, Pastor, when the the Powerball was a billion dollars, they said, are you playing the lottery? And, of course, as a godly uh, man, I said, no. But I, uh, here's a 20. Would you go buy me some tickets? So, and um, so the, some center went and bought me uh, tickets. <laughs> and, 
And he said, well, are, if you win, are you going to tithe? You know, you probably wouldn't do that. You probably wouldn't tithe. I said, you know what, God? I'd like to try, okay? Just test me and see if I won't tithe. You know what I mean? Just give me a billion dollars in the lottery and I'll see what we'll do. And, but, but it won't make you happy. It solves some problems temporarily, but it, it won't make you happy. Maybe, maybe, you know, if I ask you what would make you happy, what would solve your problems, what, would you, what do you need most right now? Maybe you'd say, man, I'd like to get married. Maybe you're single in the room today or single again, and you think, I'd just love to get married. Look into my eyes if you're single today. Let me teach you this. There's worse things than being single. It's marrying the wrong person. That's good teaching. It's not even February, and I'm teaching good already for single adults. The worst thing than being single is waking up going, oh, my God. I have to wake up next to this stinking thing right here for the rest of my life. His breath is terrible. He's hairy all over. This is awful. He's a slob. He's a mess. Are you with me, everybody? Like, I, I just, there, it's, so marriage won't solve it. It could open up more problems than you knew. Wish I could just be single. <laughs> that would solve my problems. I'd get rid of him. If I could get rid of her. It won't solve. It's not, it's not what you really need. It, it can be good until it turns not. Well, I just want to be happy. If I ask you what you really want, I just want to be happy. Sounds like a worthwhile goal, but happiness comes and goes. It's temporary. It's based on circumstances. It's not really, it's not really something you can always attain. You can have happy days. You can have happy seasons. You can have a happy year. But happiness comes and goes based on what's happening in my life. It's not really on the inside of me. I think what the world really needs right now, and I think what you need right now in this week, if I were to ask you as you go into this week with the pain that you're going through or maybe the stuff deep down that you hadn't told anybody else about that Christmas has brought to the surface, what do you need the most? I don't know if you could articulate it, but I think what you need the most is what I need the most and what we all need, and that's peace. I want peace in my heart. I just want some peace. I have a little brother. I have a younger brother. He's not. Uh, he's much taller than me. That doesn't say much. But anyway, he's much taller than me. He was my younger brother. And, and uh, we grew up as a kid of the 80s. And if you don't believe in spanking, you've probably got bad kids. But mama did. Uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm joking a little bit. A little bit. But mom, uh, I grew up in a spanking house. You know what I mean? And it wasn't so mom. It wasn't a paddle or a belt or anything like that. It was what was attached to the end of her arm. Are you with me? And we didn't have a big SUV growing up. We had a car, and mama had mama's arm. She's not. She's shorter than me, but her arm could reach me in the back seat. And my brother, or do y'all know what I'm preaching about right now? And she would just hit something. Anybody? Just she just <laughs> and she'd yell. I just want some peace in this car. You know, we'd be rowdy and. She just wants some peace, and I don't do that. I don't. I, I do not do that right now. But I know the feeling. I just want some peace. You know, I just want some peace. I just want peace in our home. We just want peace in our family. I'd like to just have a, a Christmas with some peace. I'd like to have a marriage with some peace. I'd like to have some finances. I just wish things would settle down. I just wish this job would work. I just wish this business would take off. Uh, I just want some peace. Luke, the second chapter. Uh, is the most widely read version of the Christmas story. I'll read it again this Saturday to you at Christmas Eve services. Our kids will be here and I'll tell the Christmas story and we'll use Luke the second chapter. So if you have a Bible, turn there, flip there real quick or maybe you can follow along on the screen. And I want to give you some hope this week as you walk into the tough seasons. As you may be carrying with you some hurt and pain through the year, I want to help you through that. Luke the second chapter in verse 10 starts like this. Let me, let me set it up for you. Jesus is already born. Uh, 
they're already at Bethlehem, all right? So all, all that stuff's already happened. Wise men aren't there. You may not know this, but wise men don't come to the Bethlehem. They don't come to the stable. Wise men are a few years later. They go to Nazareth. The wise men are actually later on in the story. A lot of people get that all mixed up, but Jesus is probably a toddler by the time the wise men show up because they're far and they're, they got to walk all that way. And, but shepherds are close to Bethlehem. They're actually right outside the city. And they, Jesus has just been born and, and this happens. An angel shows up, verse 10, Luke 2 and 10. The angel reassured them. They're scared to death. Verse 10, and he says, Do not be afraid. I bring good news that will bring everybody shout great joy. Shout great joy. I want you to have great. Let me pause here and tell you. Living for Jesus is not a I can get by now. It's Living for Jesus isn't, well, I hope that I'm okay now. It ought to be a season of great joy in your life. That's why I love a church like ours, a life-giving church. Because when you come here, it ought not bring you down. It ought to bring you great joy. The gospel, the good news of Jesus isn't sad and solemn and, mm, I don't know, and I feel bad. No, God's mad at me. And No, I got great joy. This is the good news of great joy, and it's available for all people. Verse 11, the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem. See, it's it's... Connected to the birth in the city of David. And you'll recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. I did a study one time about those swaddling clothes. The same swaddling clothes they wrapped Jesus in as a baby is the same swaddling clothes they wrapped his body in. Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Jesus would wrap his body at his burial. It was always a sign that a baby came to die for the lost Verse 13, suddenly the angel was joined in the heavens with a vast of other angels, the armies of heaven, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and here it is, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Peace on earth. Peace in the Bible was a greeting. It's the way that Jesus, when he would tell his disciples, he would say, I want you to go in peace. When Paul would write a letter to uh, Christians in the New Testament, he would open it up with grace and peace to you. He wouldn't say grace and popularity to you. He wouldn't say grace and power to you or grace and riches to you or grace and fame to you. He would say grace and peace to you because these are the things I need the most in my life. I need the grace of God the most in my life and I need the peace of God the most in my life. And I met a lot of people, look at me, look straight ahead, who are walking in grace. You're saved, but you have no peace. You're a Christian. You're on your way to heaven, but you're living in hell. The Bible says grace and peace come together. It's not just grace to save you from hell. It's peace to make life on earth heaven. That's the kind of life that God has for you. It's not always in turmoil and always upset and always in tension. And, and, and honestly, you may not know that's what you need the most in your life is peace, but it's what you need the most. I've met people who have money in the bank but don't have any peace in their heart. I've met people who are successful on the outside, but on the inside, they're, they're, they're just, their nerves are terrible. And I'm, inwardly, there's this demon that's on the inside that's just it's raging and anger and stuff and problems and anxiety. I've met people who are married that don't have peace. I've met people who are single who don't have any peace. I've met people who work a job and have a career and start a business, and yet they still don't have peace in their lives. I know all that stuff is a worthwhile pursuit, but... I want peace in my life. Grace and peace to you is what God is trying to give you. 
grace and peace in your life. You, you may want peace today. You may sit here thinking, man, on the inside you're crying out, Pastor, that's the stuff I want. Man, that's what my marriage needs the most. That's what my family needs the most. That's what our kids need the most. That's what I need the most. But the opposite is true in my life. There's all this tension in the world. There's all this fear. There's all this anxiety. I never heard the word anxiety as much as I have in the last five years of my ministry. There's anxious thoughts. There's relationships that are broken. There's friends that betray you. There's family problems, misunderstandings, disagreements, hurt feelings, unforgiveness, and on top of all of that, there's mother-in-laws. Look straight ahead, fellas. Keep looking at me. And you got to go to Christmas and sit around with a drunk uncle asking God, why did you put me in this family? Surely I'm adopted. I don't even look like these people. I don't even... And you got all this anxiety and stuff, and it begs the question, is peace possible today? Sounds like a good preaching point, but I don't know if it's possible in my life, Pastor. I don't know. I don't know if peace is possible in our marriage. I don't know. If, I, 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 I got I to gotta look at somebody. I got to tell you, I, don't give up. Whoever you are that's thinking, don't do it. I'm asking you to give God another year of your, your marriage. Give God another year and see if peace isn't possible. You start thinking, man, the world's going crazy and it feels like every time there's strife and there's division, there's election, political divide and debates and and the virus is surging and flu and stuff and y'all still hugging each other and passing it and racial tension and there's a recession looming and there's fake news everywhere and it just feels like there's so much tension. You ever, how many of you ride roller coasters? Where's all my roller coaster people at? Keep your hands up. You're easy. You're the ones that go, woo! You're, you're the ones. You're the ones that wore short sleeves today. It's 28 degrees this morning. You're the kind of people, you know? Where's all my people that don't ride roller coasters? Where's all the saved people? There you are, my people. My people, godly people. There's an altar call at the very end for everybody else, but not long ago we were at SeaWorld. I love SeaWorld. I love, uh, I love all the shows. I love Big Shamu just jumping out of the water and doing the whole thing. And anyway, we were with our team and and uh, I love it, and uh, I, I am not a roller coaster guy. God put me low to the earth for a reason. And I plan on staying down here. Uh, and so, uh, but I did, my kids uh, happened to go with us, and I did ride uh, Grover's coaster in uh, the Bay of Play. It's not really that funny. I did ride the, it was a roller coaster. All right, everybody, it's a roller coaster. So, I mean, whatever, it's a roller coaster. It's a roller coaster. It ain't the big one y'all on, but it's a roller coaster. And, uh, and so we wrote it, and we go through it. Have you ever, do you know what I'm talking, have you ever ridden this? And you, you go through it once, and then you come back in the little um, tunnel of death and uh, whatever that thing is. And then I thought we're over, so I, and immediately we start, and I just get so mad. So why are we doing this again? You know what I mean? Like, why, why would you do this twice? Why do you hate children? Why, 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 do, why are we doing this? And we go all the way around. And we get off, and I'm with my little girl. She's in the seat. She's just looking at me like, she's 11. She, right now, she just can't even with me. You know, she's like, ugh. <laughs> little girl, I made you. I'll take you out, okay? <laughs> so anyway, but I'm all tense, you know. You know what I'm talking about, all the roller coaster people? You're just, you get off and you, you stay tense the whole time, you know. Life has a way of doing that. You know what happened in March? A loss. The funeral in May, the business that went up in, in, in July, 
the, the divorce and the fall, and there's this tension, and, and you're off the roller coaster, but your body and your mind still is. And you get to Christmas, and now this shows up, and now there's all this anxiety and stuff. And Isaiah prophesies about the coming Messiah, talks about Christmas, and he prophesies into he prophesies about Christmas, but into a season. Uh, where there's all this anxiety in the nation of Israel. There's a lot of tension. There's a lot of divide. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of worry. There's a lot of stuff. Israel is in this unsettledness, and Isaiah prophesies into that. Isaiah 26 and 1, you can follow along on the screen. The Bible says, in that day, I wish I had time to preach this to you, but there is going to come a day in your life when things start turning around. In that day, there will be a day when God will, I wish, I wish I had time to tell you, that God will come through. 95% of Christianity is just not giving up. It's just putting one foot in front of the other and saying, today's not the day, but there's coming a day. Today may not be everything okay, but there's coming a day everything's okay. Today we're still sleeping in separate bedrooms, but there's coming a day where healing's coming to my marriage. Today may not be the day that we have a child, but God's going to fulfill His promise in my life. Today may not be the day that everything's okay financially, but I'm going to keep living in covenant. God's going to show up in my life. And on that day, Isaiah said, everyone, everyone in the land of Judah, every single person in Israel will sing this song, that our city is strong. There's going to come a day you're going to sing again, I'm strong. I know you feel weak right now. I know you feel like giving up right now. I know you can't face another Christmas with all of this hurt and pain and strife and problems right now. But there's coming a day, if you just will not give up, that you'll sing the song, I'm strong again. I'm our city and strong. Verse 2 says, open the gates to all who are righteous and allow the faithful to enter. You will keep, here it is, in perfect peace. Everybody say perfect peace. Everybody say perfect peace. All who trust you and all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Underline those two phrases in your Bible. I'll preach there for the next 15 minutes. You'll keep in perfect peace all who trust you and whose thoughts are fixed on you. I love Isaiah's promise of perfect peace. I'm more familiar with imperfect peace. Do you know what imperfect peace looks like? It's Christianity peace. I do this all the time. It's where people ask you, you go, hey, how's it going? And you put on your godly smile and you go, <laughs> awesome. And I'm the guy, listen, this is one of my spiritual gifts. I like to stand there long enough till you'll tell me the truth. So I go, hey, how's it going? It's amazing. It's okay. I'm, I'm fine. It's terrible. I hate it. <laughs> and you just, you know what I mean? You don't know people like that? You ever done that? You ever told everybody, everything's fine? How's the business? Oh, it's great. <laughs> How's your family? Wonderful. How's your year going? Blessed and highly favored. <laughs> and you're cussing and throwing and fussing and carrying on. and It's imperfect peace. I'm very familiar with that. I'm familiar with, I'm good. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm trusting you, God. Where are you? Why have you forsaken me? Where is this going? Why is this happening? And God says, I'll keep you in perfect peace. The word peace is translated there from the Hebrew word shalom. It's a greeting that Jews would greet one another with shalom. And it doesn't just mean hi. And it doesn't just mean hello. Shalom is the, the literal translation is a wholeness, a completeness. It is not partial peace. It's the fullness of peace. And when the Bible said that Jesus would come to your life, I 
Isaiah prophesied, you wouldn't just have wholeness. He said, you're going to have perfect peace. Bad English translation. The word perfect never shows up in the text. It's actually the word shalom twice. Shalom, shalom is translated in your English Bible as perfect peace. But it's not the word perfect. It's double peace. God says for every area of your life that you feel deficient and you feel like isn't enough and you feel like this Christmas season is weighing you down and crushing you the weight of it. God says I'm going to not just fill up I'm going to give you shalom, shalom I'm going to give you a double portion of all the peace that you need in your life. Shout a better amen than that. It's perfect peace. It's a double portion of peace. It's peace with God in my life. It's peace with my spouse. It's peace at night when I'm laying down and anxious thoughts are running through my mind. It's peace in my circumstances. It's shalom, shalom. It's more than I need. Peace does not mean the trouble goes away. Nothing breaks. The kids never fight. Your spouse never gets on your nerves. Write this down. That is not what peace means. But peace isn't found in the absence of problems. Peace is found in the presence of God. That's shalom, shalom. That's the God of more than enough. I'm not just going to fix the problem in your life. I'm going to load you up with more peace than you need this season. And I've taught you this a thousand times. I'll teach you again. When God gives you something, it's never just for you. And the reason God gives you shalom, shalom is so you can have peace and you can be a peacemaker. So you can walk into that home that's broken and destroyed and trust is broken down and screaming and yelling and throwing and fussing and you've got peace and now you're the peacemaker. And you can walk into that Christmas dinner with that family you think, I can't do this again. I can't sit here again. I can't hear that story again. I can't sit by them again. Or the table with an empty chair because of somebody you had to bury this year. Or divorce. Or walk into that office that you've cleaned out because you can't afford the rent anymore. And there's peace. There's perfect peace. It doesn't mean the problems go away. It means God's presence is with me in all of this. That's what I want to hear you today. I can't preach your problems away. I wish I could. I would. I intercede for you almost every day. As many of you as I can call by name, I call our dream team by name. As many of you are kingdom builders, I call you by name. I ask God to take away. You ask my staff. I'll intercede for you. I want to carry the weight that you're carrying. I wish I could carry the problems away. I can't. But the presence of God can go with you in your problems. That's perfect peace. That's knowing God's with me. Peace is God's presence. Peace is God's perspective. Peace is God's assurance. In the middle of my, when my marriage is falling apart, you can have peace. When your child is hooked on drugs, you can have peace. When there's addiction ravaging your home, you can have peace. When you feel betrayed, you can have peace. When your body hurts, you can have peace. When you walk out of the last chemotherapy that you're taking, you can have peace. In the middle of a pandemic, you can have peace. When you're sick, you can have peace. When you can't pay bills, you can have peace. The peace of God can go with you in your problems. It may not take you out, but it will take you through. It may not take you out, but it will sustain you in your mess. Is this helping anybody? Write it down like this. The battle for peace. How, how, how do I get this? I'm glad you asked. The battle for peace starts in your mind. Write that down in your notes. You're going to need that around... 12 o'clock on the 25th, (laughs) when you're ready to kill all the people there. 
and you're, you just think it's worth the jail time. At this point, it's worth the prison time. I'd like to be able to sleep, you know, a full night in a cell by myself. So I'm going to do it. I'm just going to kill a few folks. <laughs> you're going you're to need this. God, <laughs> deep breath. The battle for peace begins in my mind. The old, the old bishop said it like this, that we, the, the, the most problems in my life are, are right here. All right, everybody? It, he said, we need a checkup from the neck up. Come on, somebody. Like, that's where my problems are. My problems aren't here. My problems are here. It's what I focus on. It's where my, it's where, it, it, anybody else have a war in your mind? Let me ask you like this. Does anybody else have runaway thoughts in your mind? I, has anybody ever won an argument in your mind that you never had? Oh, I argue with people all the time. I am so good in my mind. I'm telling you, not y'all, but people in first service, I have won so many arguments that I never really had. I have replied. You ever, you ever had a text message? You just this fever. Just, oh. Backspace, 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 backspace. And then you just hit them with K. <laughs> There's a lot of cuss words in that K. You ever had one away thoughts with your spouse? They're over there, and then not Brandy and I. We, this doesn't happen in our marriage. She's perfect, and I'm and I'm I'm learning. And and so there's a and you in your mind you're going, oh yeah, mama. Your mind just runs away. You you ever had runaway thoughts about? You ever had runaway thoughts about the worst case scenario? The other day we live in a nice neighborhood. I don't live in the hood. I mean, I, I, I live in a hood, but I live in a nice neighborhood, and I'm thankful for it. And, 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 and we never had any problems. Nobody's ever broken any cars, anything like that. It's, an, it's, an, it's a nice place. But the other day, there was uh, on Facebook or next door, you know, these are my favorite people. They got on there, and they said, there's a, there's a van in the neighborhood. <laughs> I never seen this van before. Like, you know, all the cars that, I, you know. It's a true story. I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't lie. To, I mean, I don't normally lie, but I'm not lying. A white van. So I did what any Holy Ghost filled God called preacher did. I get upstairs and I look out the window like this. It's true. And look, he, he's on my hood. And I start talking real low. What's he doing in my neighborhood? Brandon, that ain't the ice cream truck. I know the ice cream truck. I don't know who that is. What's he doing? Why ain't got windows? Why does he have an air conditioning? That's that's the sign. Somebody they're gonna take somebody. They got an AC unit in the back. (laughs) Your your mind ever do this? Brandy, get the kids. Hide you, hide your kids, hide your wife, hide them, hide everybody. And I get on, I get on Facebook. Where anybody seen this white van? Oh, I saw the white van. Oh, they coming through. I don't know what they, I got the. You get the license. I get the license plate. I'm sitting over there. I got. I. I. I this is Texas. I got a gun. Come on, somebody, and I hold it like a Texan. I'm. I'm walking around the house like this. We good. White van here for the kids. I've seen this. 
I do it. Y'all, I wish I was lying. I go there in my head. You just, your heart rate goes up. I'm worried about stuff that's never happened. I worry about people that I, I worry about kids getting grades. I have a fifth grader and a second grader. They send home progress reports from my second grader. I couldn't care less about his progress. He's in the second grade. He can use the bathroom and read. That's all I'm good. I'm good. You know, I don't care if he can add. He's in the second grade. It doesn't matter. But I'm worried. I'm worried. Are they going to get into college? Are they going to get into an SEC school? But so they can be winners. Are they going to get in the right job? Are they going to have the right spouse? Are they going to start a family? Are they going to have kids? I'm worried about my kids. I'm worried about them being on the wrong kids. I'm worried about drugs, sex, and rock and roll, and shootings, and meth. And I, I'm, if you're a mom, you're worried about not being good enough. I'm not. I, there's mommy guilt, and I, I can't do it. I'm not doing the right thing. If you're a father, you're worried about, am I providing enough? Did we buy enough gifts? Is there enough stuff under? The, I'm worried about finances. I'm worried about paying for braces. Have you seen the price of braces for children? I'm worried about paying for braces. I'm worried about taking them to all their activities. He wants to play soccer. He's not even good at soccer. He's too little. I don't. I got to tell him he can't play soccer. How are we going to buy cars? How are we going to pay for college? I don't even know. I'm still paying for ours. How we? I can't keep up. I'm tired all the time. I got a headache. I may have a brain tumor. I don't know what's going on. Does anybody else's your mind works like this? Would you be honest and not make me feel bad? Your mind works like this. Peace. I got no peace. I'm worried about stuff. I'm worried about why you're not worried about it. Your mind runs away. Listen, the only way to get perfect peace in your mind is to fix your mind. If you, you cannot have perfect peace in your life with a runaway mind. I didn't put it on the screen, but you need to write it down. Your life moves in the direction of your most consistent thoughts. Your life moves in the direction. If you're thinking divorce, guess where your life moves? If you're thinking addiction, guess where your life moves? If you're thinking there's going to be a problem, I know they're going to start a fight. I know it's going to be bad. Your life will, you'll end up starting a fight you never had because your mind, it's in your mind. Now, and then you get there and you think, man, we're, I just need some peace, God. Well, it's because of what my mind was fixed on. And if you'll fix your mind on the right things, if you'll, if you'll get your mind right. Listen, you, the worst case scenario is not going to happen. The white van is not out to get you. It's not going to go that bad. That's why Isaiah 26 and 3 says, You will keep in perfect peace all whose thoughts are fixed on you. How do I have perfect peace? i got to fix my mind on God. How do you go into Christmas week and keep peace in your home? You don't focus on presents. You focus on God's present. You, how, how, do I, how do we get peace in our marriage? You don't focus on what they did. You focus on what God's working on you. Perfect peace belongs to everybody whose mind is fixed on the Lord. It's not fixed on CNN and it's not fixed on Fox News. As a matter of fact, in, in, in January when we fast together as a church, if you've never been to 21 days of prayer and fasting, I think it's the greatest thing we do. Six o'clock in the morning, people will fill this place up. We'll go after God. I love it. I, I, we ought to, the, the whole church ought to be a prayer room. That, it's just amazing to see how many people are up at 6 a.m. And we're going to fast. If you've never fasted, I'm going to encourage you. I'm preaching all month about it in, uh, in the month of January, about freedom and breaking free from this world. And, and, and we're going to fast uh, the second week, our whole church-wide fast, we're going to fast from entertainment, news, and input. Listen to me. You can't fill your mind with all that negative garbage and not expect it to come out of your life. 
You can't, it's impossible. It's, abs, it's physically impossible for you to fill your mind with all of that stuff and then not worry. If all you do is hear how the recession's coming and the bad things are happening and the world's upside down and who's going to do this and, and you get all this and then your mind is fixed on that stuff. It's fixed on the future. It's fixed on financial problems. It's fixed on bad news. If you fix your eyes on the past, you're going to have a collision with the future. If you fix your eyes on just the future, you're going to hit the speed bumps of today. But if you'll fix your eyes on God, you will learn the pace of grace in your life. That's perfect peace. My eyes aren't on you or these problems or this stuff. My eyes on God. Come play. My eyes are on the Lord. The Hebrew word for fix means to lean on completely. To fully rest on. My thoughts are fully resting on God. My thoughts are not fully resting on you. My thoughts are resting on God. My thoughts are not resting on the worst case scenario. What could go wrong? Where's all my dreaders at? Anybody else dread like I do? You you dread before it ever happens? I hate giving blood. I hate taking blood. If you like it, there's an altar call at the end. What's wrong with you? I'm scared of it. Every time I have to go get blood, every, every six months I have to do labs because I'm old and so I, they make me do labs every six months and so I go in there and the first thing I tell that girl at the clinic, I go, I'm going to pass out. I hate you and I hate this and I hate everything about this. I hate that needle. I hate blood. I hate that you're here for blood. I don't know why you chose this. It's true. I do. It. I'm I, if you work for my clinic, I apologize. I dread it. And a couple of times ago, I had a blood draw, and the girl was, she was kind. And she said, has anybody ever given you an ice pack for your other hand? I said, no, no, but do that. Put me on ice. Anything. Knock me out. Whatever you want. So it's a true story. So I'm, I'm, she takes blood out of this arm, and she gives me an ice pack in this arm. She says that the, 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 the pain of holding this ice and your, your brain can't recognize both. It can't recognize both sets of stimulation. So you'll never feel this because you're focused on this. Look at me. God perfectly designed you that if you'll focus on Him, the pain isn't as bad as you dread it to be. The hurt, the Christmas dinner, the week without your loved one. Philippians 4 and 8 says, fix your thoughts on what's true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and praiseworthy. And if you'll do that, Philippians 4 and verse 9 says, then the God of peace will be with you. That's it. Jesus came to earth to give you that. Isaiah 9 and 6, maybe the most quoted prophecy about the coming Messiah. Isaiah 9 and verse 6 says, For unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Everlasting Father. Now look at this. And he will be called Sar Shalom. That's the words in Hebrew. Sar Shalom. Prince of... It's where we get the word Tsar. It literally means ruler, leader, king. He's the ruler of my peace. You don't control my peace. God does. 
this, this kitchen table that we're at, this doesn't control my peace. God does. My, my kids being away this Christmas, that doesn't control. The lack of money or presence under the tree, that doesn't control my peace. No, the Prince of Peace does. Sar Shalom, he's, he's in charge of my peace. When a Jew would greet another Jew and they say Shalom, it does not mean have a nice day. It means I pray that everything in your life goes well today. God says, I want you to have shalom, shalom. Jesus said it like this. It won't make sense without him. Because Jesus said in John 14, peace I leave with you and my peace I give you. My peace I give you. I don't give as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid of the weak. Jesus is not giving you any peace. He's giving you his peace. He's not just helping you get through it. He's putting his presence where you are. And you can be kept in shalom, shalom, perfect peace this week. That's my prayer for you. I I wish I could take your problems away. I wish in this season it didn't hurt like it hurts. But my prayer is that the presence of God would give you peace in your problems. Bow your heads for prayer. Nobody's looking around. Our team's moving very, very respectfully and quietly. But I didn't ask in the first service, but I would ask you, if this is for you, if this message is for you, if you're struggling in this week, if there's a hurt, if there's a pain, if there's something in your life, if there's a, 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 a situation that you're dreading, if, if, this, if Christmas brings up some stuff, if there's a loss, if there's a, a, a divorce, if there's... a a death, if there's something that's in your life that you're dreading this season, you've you've dreaded this season. It's been a hard season. I'll confess to you, this is the hardest year I've ever lived in ministry. 23 years of ministry, this is by far, no comparison, the hardest year I've ever lived. I'm ready for a new year. I'm ready to turn the page, but I need peace right now. And if that's you, would you just be bold and raise your hand and say, Pastor, include me in this final prayer. Hands are up all over the building. Hands are up all over the building. Lord Jesus, I pray for people who are struggling in this season with loss and pain and hurt and trouble. I pray for people whose marriages are struggling. I pray for people who are struggling in their finances. I pray for people who are struggling with their children. You just need some peace. I pray about every situation they're facing, what they're going to face this week, a family that seems fractured and broken and not really whole and put together. I just pray for perfect peace. God, I pray for perfect peace. I wish I could take them out of the problem, but I just, I invite the presence of God into their problem. Come on, would you do that? God, I invite your presence this week in the hard moments and the difficult seasons and in, in, in the times when my heart is going to be broken and I feel the loss and the pain and the hurt comes to the surface, I just pray for perfect peace. God, I believe you're the God of all peace. You're Sar Shalom. You're the, you're the prince. You're the ruler. You're the leader of my peace. I thank you that Jesus came. It's because of Jesus I can have peace. Thank God for Jesus. The prince of my peace. And so God, I just give you this season I give you these next few weeks as we walk into a new year I will not carry this anxiety again let me let me prophesy that into your life I will not carry this trouble into next year I will not carry this problem into 2023 
I will not carry these anxious thoughts, this, this fear, this anxiety, this worry, this depression, this hurt, this pain. I will not walk into next year with it. I'm going to walk in freedom next year. I'm going to leave it here and the God of all peace will give me everything that I need. I thank you for it. I believe you for it. I ask all of these things in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody shout a big amen. Amen. Do you receive the word of the Lord, everybody? You receive it over your life. Thank you for joining us today. And a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.